Another week of the Varsity Podcast. Man, we are at really officially over the midway point yeah, of the regular season sponge. Week absolutely. six is entering the fray, and uh, we've got a big one on Friday night to talk about. But before we uh, look ahead, let's look back to week five of the high school football season. Which ones jumped out at you last week? Uh, the favorite games, obviously, we talked about. Um, Trinity Columbia turned out to be a pretty decent game. Uh, 26-13, TC had the victory there. Um, I think Columbia right now is kind of struggling on offense a bit. Just haven't really got it going. You know, you look back, Bowles beat them 34-7. Trinity with the same kind of score. They had a The reason why they had a, a double score there was they got a pick six right before the half. So, really only scored one touchdown, two touchdowns in both of those games. So, I think their, their offense is kind of struggling a little bit. Uh, my boy Marcus Stokes got another win. Another one. That, that, yeah. that looked like a defensive battle. I guess Uli has a decent defense. Yeah, yeah I've kinda, seen Uli, yeah, and Uli has a, a stronger defense. Defense was, and running game for Uli. That was definitely, you know, another win. They've got a big game this week coming. Or no, they play first because they got a big game next week. They play St. Aug. Uh, Clearwater, the team that Trinity played the week before, kind of beat up on Reigns. Saw that one coming yeah. after what okay. they did with Trinity. Their offense is pretty efficient, and they, they, run, they, they play it pretty well. Uh, obviously, the other game of the week we had kind of was Bulls UC, and that turned out to be a not so hot game. UC just couldn't get anything going. That Bulls defense, I, I watched some of the tape this morning. It looked good. Bulls defense looks very good. Saw that game last week, and UC, I would have liked to see UC at full strength against Bulls. Yeah, I mean, they were missing. That's tough. They got some guys out injured. Almost half a dozen guys that would have normally started that game out had an injury. Um, in that game to a big offensive defensive lineman. And when you don't have Oral Gray in that game for University Christian, kind of the uh, probably player. one of the top five players, all-around players in Jacksonville. So when you don't have him um, facing an already good and talented Bulls team, uh, it spells recipe for disaster. Yeah, you're definitely limited. We don't have your, your best skill guy. Yeah, so I think that the last week was the Bartram-St. All game yep. was a big one for me. That was the other one for Bears sure. Bears had uh, 16 in the fourth quarter to come back and win that one. So pretty good uh, effort there from the Bears. They won four in a row now in that series, which is just mind-boggling to think. They lost the first 19 games yep. in that series. Got on a little run. And they've won the last four. So kudos to Coach Daryl Sutherland and the Bears. Oakleaf, a big battle of Clay County. They win 32-27 over Clay. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of interested to see how Parker does against a better team. Well, like I say, you, you were talking about them last week. You, you know, they're playing Stanton. Let's let's see what they can do. They better put up some points, and they sixty one. Yeah, put that's up Stanton. Good. That's, that's now so. you got a grade on a curve against Stanton. I mean, nothing against Stanton, but they're just not at a level of of a Parker team. Um, and Parker, I, Parker needed a game like this, in my opinion, because yeah, their offense get, has kinda, struggled. You gotta you need a game like that just to get some confidence. You know, you know, do it do it against somebody kind of on air, but you're going against some competition. It kind of just say, okay, hey, like it's like you know shooting a free throw. You watch it go in. Like, let's get some passes thrown. Let's, let's block it up on the old line. Let's get some big runs and score some points. And you score 61, you get a little confidence going into the next week. And, you know, as the competition stiffens up, you know, you, at least you know that, you know, the team is, is, is on the upswing. They're on the improvement. And so let's see. Where they go from yeah, there. And, and Parker's a team that I've I've debated on putting in the Super Ten. They're not in right. there this week. They're kind of on the the cut line for me. They're four and one. Sharon Dorsey and, and Mike Holloway doing a good job over there with the Braves, I and mean, they had a district championship two years ago. Um, but I want to see them perform well against better competition. And the second half of Parker's schedule well, you get to see delivers just, just that. Yeah, you get to see it Friday. I mean, Reigns is, in my opinion, I know they've got two losses. They lost obviously Trinity and Clearwater Academy, but. 
you still got to consider Reigns to be one of the top teams in the area. They've got good skill guys, K.J. Burke, you know, Quincy Burroughs. Their defense is always good, so this will be a great test to see where Parker's at, really. Like, yeah. are, are they back or are they up there in that upper echelon, like you say, in the top ten, or are they just, you know? There's just that, that, that two layers of, almost really a three layers of the Gateway Conference, I think. You know, you've got the Riversides, um, in that upper crust, I mean, they're they're untouchable right now, Riverside. Yeah. Um, and then that second tier, which I think is the Mandarins, the Reigns. Um, maybe maybe you throw a Sandalwood in there right now. Um, maybe you throw a Parker in there right now. Um, but, you know, a lot of those other gateway teams are in that kind of in that no man's land, that third layer, the Stantons, the Paxons, um, really the West Sides, the Inglewoods right now. Everybody's saying where's Ed White fit in there. So yeah, where, where does Ed White? You know, number two in the I, state I, RPI. Yeah, they struggled yeah, I, against I First Coast. See, they did. And First Coast is 0-5. They've, they've had a tough, rough season. That was a game where, you, you know, you think Ed White should just walk all over them, and it ended up being a fourth-quarter game. So, really and truly, like, Ed White, they, they still, you know, need to show me something. Um, they, they obviously just just win. That's that's the name of the game, just win, baby. So, they found a way to win. We'll, we'll find out, you know, where we can put Ed White as the season goes on. But yeah, definitely, I, definitely a team to look at. A little bit of a surprise last week. I mean, Ed White beat Swanee and Wakula their first two games. They had mm-hmm. a, a, a bye and then also a COVID cancellation week. Um, so a little bit of a surprise to me that they struggled against First Coast. I don't know if First Coast just raised its game last week. I think, but I think Larry Edwards, their QB, was back. Okay, so, so First Coast, and you know they they've got some they, they've got a couple skill guys on that team. They got a couple young. There's a kid who plays DB on that team who's really really good. He's a young kid. He's a sophomore, 2024. Um, but like I say, they just they haven't been able to get a, a victory all year. But they were close. But close yeah, good it. for you know, good for First Coast, and you know, being Marty Lee is is transitioning uh, towards retirement. Um, be nice to see him go out with uh, with a few wins at least in this twenty one season. Um, but Ed White again, a team like Parker almost, where um, although White has played a far more challenging schedule than Parker has uh, to date. So Parker's big quality wins over Fletcher and Yuley, which are two decent wins. Mm-hmm. But um, like I say, you get it. There's nothing more than you can ask for playing against a team like Reigns Friday night. You know, Reigns is Reigns is on the map. They're they're a name brand team in our in our city. So you go out and you play against a Reigns and you get that victory. Definitely put a star by that and say, hey, we're on the right. We're and on they've the right beaten. And Parker has beaten Reigns recently as well. So uh, they had a crazy comeback in, in the second half. Um, I believe it was last year to beat Reigns twenty to fourteen. So it will be interesting to see. This to me is Parker's first significant challenge outside of that Riverside game in week one, which they weren't even uh, competitive in. They lost 28-3, to but as we're seeing on a weekly basis, that is uh, that is no small feat. 28-3 to against uh, Riverside's defense has just been absolutely destructive this season. So Parker yeah. Reigns, I think, may be my number two game this week on the schedule for me. I think it's a huge test for Parker and really kind of a prove-it game for mm-hmm. Parker. If they lose this game and lose in a big way – yeah, I think the the book on the Braves will be you're beating you're beating you know inferior competition. Yeah, the teams are supposed to beat. You got to beat some of the guys who are kind of considered better. Correct. So I think if if Parker the big big game for Parker, I think bigger for Parker than uh, than it is for Range. Range sure. is a, a known quantity. So um, that's a that is a game number two this week on the schedule for me. Um, but Sponge game number one, I think for for both of us uh, and many people in the city. Stands uh, unquestioned. Yeah, Trinity at Bowls, man, is finally here. You know, obviously we're at the midway point. We've got a good little litmus test of both teams, where they're at, kind of. You know, what what their 
strengths are, what what they're good at, what they're not good at. So, like I say, now you just get to put it all on the field and let's see what happens. You know, I just I think I think it's going to be a great one. So it's our a time to unveil our Super Ten. If you didn't see it online or on air this week, Trinity Christian number one, they stay put like they've been all season. Bowls number two, they've been number two all season. Riverside three, Bartram Trail four, Creekside five. No changes in our top five. I do have some changes in the back half of this poll, which really kind of crazy how how this last week shook up. Nice into the rankings. Your boy Marcus yeah. Stokes has uh, has led that charge. Big go. one over Euler last week. They're in the rankings. Nice was a one win team a year ago, yeah. and now. Only losses to number five Creekside. Yeah, and they, like I say, they get a O for First Coast this week. So you thinking that should be a win, and then they get St. Augustine next week. So you kind of, we've been talking about teams like showing up, like show us something. Like that's that's a signature win if you can beat a St. Augustine team who you haven't really beaten, I don't in a, ever or in a while. Yeah, um, number seven. It, it, I mentioned this was a weird week. I don't think Ed White deserved to jump up from from ten to seven, but they do this week just because. I mean, last week. Super 10, 6, 7, 8, and 9 teams all lost. So uh, Ed White up from 10 to 7. Columbia stays put at 8, uh, lost to Trinity Christian 26-13. Their only two losses this season are to Trinity and Bowles. Baker County dropped from 7 to 9. They lost on a goal line stand to Mandarin last week. Crazy finish there, 21-20. Yep. Lost their kicker earlier in that game. Couldn't get a kick extra points. Had to go for two basically every time in that game. And St. Augustine, they stay put at number 10. Again, I, I don't think... It was kind of a perfect storm this week. Six, seven, eight, and nine teams all lost in our Super 10, and I just don't think the guys on the outside. And we've got some good un- unbeaten teams. Baldwin, Hilliard, um, Parker's 4-1, and one, Keystone Heights is unbeaten. Um, I just don't think the body of work for those teams can kind of push into that conversation where they're into that top 10 teams in the area. Now, if Parker beats Reigns this week, I think it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. They're into the Super 10 next week so um, I think we're going to have a little bit more of a, of a change next week but um, as we get back to our discussion for game of the week this week you've been around this Bulls Trinity game for quite some time and you know for a quick synopsis of this Bulls and Trinity didn't play until 1997 this is a relatively um, new-ish rivalry yeah. um, featuring two of the, the best private schools in state history um, and Trinity was not even competitive in those first games no they weren't and like like I say that was a uh... I guess when I first, you know, that was kind of close to when I was in high school, the 97, 98, when I was in, at, at Forest, you know, and then, you know, growing up, you know, Gus Scott was obviously one of my really, really good friends, so we grew up together, and, you know, that 99 Bulls Trinity game was like lore for TC, you know, that that playoff win was just like, you know, huge, and uh, I remember going to that game when I was a freshman in college, I can't. I was, I was on like a break for something. I was like, I'm going to this game. I gotta go see my boy G Scott and Ross and those guys. And uh, you know, those games, you know, Bulls dominated. And you know, they got that win. And then they didn't play. We didn't play for like 20 something years. And then it finally, we got it back on the schedule. And it's been pretty fun having that game back on the schedule. It's just, you can, it, it's hard to believe that that game should be every year. Yeah. You know, 20 years absent of that game is just like. You can just feel it as soon as that game's on the schedule. It's circled. It's the one. You know, this where you going to you going over to the south side, or are they coming to the west side? You know, this, this is going to be a big banger. This, this, and it's just it's awesome. I'm glad it's back on the schedule. You know, Bowles and, and Trinity first played '97, '98 when they were district opponents. And that first game, I've asked Vernon Dormy about that before. And uh, Corky Rogers, when he was still uh, still with us, 
um, you know, spoke about that that game and that history. You know, Bowles, it certainly was a darn good team at that time. Was kind of getting, uh, you know, getting a, a foothold in the area. Um, Verlin Dormany was just in his seventh year as coach at the time. He said they were feeling good going into that game, the first game in '97, and Bowles waxed them 50 yeah. to 27. '98, yeah. thing Trinity felt good going into that game. Bowles beats them 45-20, waxed them again, kind of knocks you back down to earth. '99 mm-hmm. regular season game. 28-21 Bulls, and you're thinking, okay, this is another good Trinity team. What's what's happening here? Not till 99 in that same season in the playoffs where Trinity finally, finally beat the Big Brother 17-7 in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and kind of that was you – know, that's when Corky Rogers said, okay, this is a rivalry now. This mm. is actually a game where the little brother has kind of come up and and uh, proved, his, uh, proved his medal, and Trinity wins that game in 99 in the playoffs and ends Bulls' season. And – you know that's when it officially became a rivalry, and sadly we only got one more of that game um, back then in the in the 2000 regular season. Bulls won 28-21, and then the series just goes dormant for what felt like forever, and it yeah. was unfortunate because those are the two best teams in town, and everybody knew it. Bulls knew it, Trinity knew it, and they just didn't play. Just, yeah, and it was such a disappointment. <laughs> and, you know, Bulls. Bull's argument was we didn't want to play a smaller team. We'd rather challenge ourselves with bigger bigger schools and, and bigger environments and uh, bigger rosters. And I, I don't know if that was necessarily true. I think I think in a sense it on the surface it was it was true. Bulls didn't want to step down a competition and Trinity was considered a two A school at the time. Bulls was three uh, A and four A in those in those years and um, Bulls didn't want to seem like it was going down and playing smaller schools and beating up smaller schools. But I think in any of those years, Trinity would have been as good of a matchup um, with Bulls as any, and, and probably beaten it quite a few times. Yeah, I agree. Like when when I first got to Trinity, was it two thousand eight, two thousand nine? You know, it took how many years before I even got a piece of them? You know, so like it was one of those things we always talked about. You know, yeah, sure, I wish we played Bulls. I want to play Bulls. Let's play Bulls. You know, it never happened. Then finally. You know, it happened, and then we had a nice little stretch here where we've played some games, you know, even a couple times twice in one year. So yeah. We kind of made up for it a little bit, you know, and then we had some classics even already. So Yeah, so it was 2017 is when that series resumed, and uh, it had to resume, really, because they were in the same district. And yep. I still remember that game. It was a Friday night. A hurricane had just come through the, the, in the area and um, laid waste to the area, and electricity was out and power's out in a lot of areas in town. And, um Public school games were canceled that week, and Bowles and Trinity got a showcase date on a Friday night at Trinity, and it was just such an atmosphere. felt like the whole city was at that yeah, game. Yeah, it was packed, great atmosphere. It felt like, like you said, it felt like everybody knew they weren't playing on their Friday night games, so they all packed in, and it was it was awesome. Definitely a game to remember, and, you know, it was a victory for TC, but we had a little uh, – forfeit on that one so that, that came back to bite us still got in the playoffs and we ended up having to play him again and an even better game and that was that was a wild one too for sure that was a triple overtime you know field goal game and it was just like man this is crazy you know you, you get in those like tight games like that in the playoffs and it's just you just feel the intensity of it and it's just tense on the sideline you know just classic all-time you know win of uh, of when I was you know coaching so Definitely want to remember, and you know, like I say, it was just uh, good playing them again for 20 years later. You know, so, yeah, like, what I, a what an environment that game was, and um, they played again after that, of course. And I think Trinity had had won pretty handily uh, the following season, and then you know, Matt Toblin comes and takes over Bowls, and last year was his first year 
that he faced Trinity Christian. And again, it was kind of another weird situation because COVID-19 pandemic forced basically the regular season to start later than it did. And week one last year was, again, a Trinity Bowls game after a year absence. Um, didn't feel like the regular season last year. It just felt kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but it was a good environment again. Um, sloppy night, I remember. 36-12, Bulls yeah. won that game. Yeah, Bulls took it to them. Like they, I think we had some injuries early in the year. You know, so we, we were shorthanded. We didn't have Burke. I think Webb was hurt again. You know, so you're, you're limited to, you know, your playmakers. And uh, my boy Davis Ellis killed him, and then Fru killed him. So they, they just – Bulls took it to them for sure. So, like, I know they've they've had this game circle to be like, we need a little get back this year. And obviously, with both teams being one and two in the area, two teams in the you know top in the state, you know, so like, there's a lot riding on this one to you know get one back in the win column for the for the TC boys. Yeah, and I like where it falls on the schedule now, as opposed to week one. I, you know, yeah, you get a, you get, a know. Little, you get going a little bit, so both yeah. teams can kind of get their legs under them, kind of get you know get some. Get the feel of you know what what they got good on offense, what you got good on defense. You know, hopefully you're injury free, and you got you know full strengths. And definitely playing the middle of the season definitely better one game. Yeah, I think, and especially last year was just such an odd season with uh, COVID and everything starting late. But this game on the schedule where it falls now is really kind of you know it's it's a midway point of the season. These have been the number one, two teams in the area all year. The number one and two teams in state and area history in terms of state championships. UC is in there as well. Um, and it just feels big. It feels like it's supposed to happen. This is where it's supposed to be on the schedule. 5-0. and I know Verlo, when I talked to him a couple weeks ago, was was hoping that Trinity could get to this point, 5-0. and And he hoped Bulls could get there as well. And But the teams have had battles since then, Trinity in that Clearwater game, winning in overtime, and then going to Columbia, winning 26-13 last week. And obviously, Bulls took care of San Augustine and University Christian, um, excuse me, Fernandina and University Christian to hold up bets into the deal. So, man, the area gets a 5-0 collision on Friday. How are you? How are you what, what's your early game breakdown? Like, what are, how are you feeling? Who, who, I, who do you like? I, you know, I don't – I tend to – I've seen Bulls more than I've seen Trinity this year. So, I, they're, I think they're strong on on both sides of the ball. Cade Frew is a, is a game changer. I like Trin, I like I mean Trinity's defense is I think can play with anybody um, with its athletes back there. And um, Colin Hurley has, has thrown the ball well for Trinity too. So um, could Trey on Webb be an X factor in this game? Um, you know, is he healthy? Is he ready to kind of step up and and have that one two punch that Trinity? Couple times this year, I'm impressed with them. I'd probably have to give an early edge just to Bowles right now, um, just because there's strength on both sides of the line. And I know last year is, is feels like a, a long time ago, but what they did to Trinity last year was was pretty impressive. Um, man, I think they were preparing that game, but obviously Trinity had had quite a few injuries and uh, went on, went on to win the state championship. So if I'm picking now, I'd I, I've maybe lean a little bit Bowles. It's basically a pick 'em game in yeah, the eyes sure. of uh, I, like, the Vegas like, line. The, the biggest thing, in my opinion, right now is we all know Bowles and Fru, and they run the ball really well. So everybody, you know, knows, like, what do you got to do to stop Bowles? You got to try to contain their run game for sure. So everybody knows that. You know, so my thing is, can DJ Moore, Jackie Judge, can they throw the ball downfield and complete some balls? You know, because the, the key is stopping Fru. So that's that's obviously, you know, Coach Freddie High's game plan on defense. Let, let's stop the run and make this quarterback beat us. You know, obviously uh, DJ can run the ball a little bit, so that read option is, is a good play. I've seen him sc- score a couple touchdowns. He had one last week, I think a 33-yard. Yeah, against UC. Yep. Yeah, it was like the first drive or second drive. 
you know, so that that that's the biggest key. Obviously, obviously, we know Bowles' defense to me is lights out. That that front is really good. Their linebackers are good. They got a couple of guys in the secondary who are really good. They're they're all three layers really good defensively. So flipping on the other side, TC, I think the the big factor for them is the fact that they're balanced. You know, you, you look at a lot of high school teams like, you know, Bulls, they're run heavy. So TC's got the good balance going. Ross has got, you know, he had Rodgers really toting the rock for him really well. Now you got Webb in there. Both of them, I think, you know, almost had 100 yards. I know Darnell had 100 and something yards, and I think I think Trayon had like almost 100, like 96, 97 yards, something like that, rushing. So with Hurley throwing it for 250 a game and you're running it for 250 a game, you got that good balance. So you can't really say, hey, we got to stop this run game because if you try to load up to stop Webb and Rodgers, definitely you get those one-on-one matchups. And I do like our receivers, you know, against a bowl secondary. See, last year our biggest problem was Davis Ellis was a problem. Like he played seven-on-seven for us. He is a really legit receiver, and uh, he – he torched our secondary, you know. So they had Frew toting the rock, and then they able they were able to you know throw it a, a downfield with Davis Ellis and some of those other receivers they had. That's the biggest takeaway this year is I don't think they have anybody to take us deep or stretch the field. So you can really load that box. And so now the question is, can you tackle Frew? Can you get those stops? And, and that's so tough to do. You know, it is. It's, it's easy. It's easy for me to sit here and say that, but like you know. Tackling that guy is a problem. You know, when he hits one of those holes, if that if the if that offensive line creases that hole, he's gone. He so. is, man. He's so good. He's he's like one big muscle. To no, he is. He's, he, he's a tough. T- he's a tough guy to bring down. He's got that low center. You know, he's like I say, he's a, he's a stud, man. So like, definitely a challenge for Trinity to to obviously stuff the gaps, make tackles, put pressure on the quarterbacks. You know, force them into maybe some bad throws, and then. You know, flip side, Trinity on offense, can they be balanced, put pressure on the, the Bulls defense? You know, but I, I, obviously I think it's going to be a back-and-forth game, so I think it's going to be tight. You know, but i got to go with my TC boys. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, what do you, what's your call? Trinity uh, by how much? I don't think it's going to be a blowout or anything like that, but I would, I, would, I would go in the neighborhood of something like 35-28, you know, 34-27 in that, in that touchdown range. I give them a touchdown favorite. Okay. That's, 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 that's fair, I think. Um, I, you know, seeing Bulls – you know they're not settled at quarterback because they they run a two QB system with uh, DJ back there. It's far far better of a runner. Um, you know he's going to probably run the ball at some point in that drive for something big. And then uh, Jackie Judge too, who's a better passer of the two and um, can throw it downfield. So it's just a matter of, of trying to create those mismatches and, and take advantage of those. But they run that two QB system and. You know, everything starts with Cade Frew and that offensive line. And Definitely. he's not really not been able to been been slowed. He surpassed 3,000 career yards last week. Um, so he is. Yeah, been, the only time he's been slowed is when he's out of the game because they're up big in every game. Yeah, so and like, that's happened. That's <laughs> happened. I mean, in, in uh, at least two and a half games this year, Bowles has, uh, has had to rest him just because the leads were so big and um, he'd already done enough damage. I mean, that, that Bold City Showcase game in week one where – he basically played the half and scored just yeah. mercilessly. He could have scored. Yeah, Wes Nassau had a rough. Night. Yeah, he could have <laughs> scored as many touchdowns as he wanted. So I think that I think that uh, that battle of the lines is uh, is huge. And if Trinity can kind of knock Bowles off of its game, I mean they've just had so much efficiency and success running that ball behind that offensive line and, and Cade for well, you know, doing damage. You know, also too, and Toblin is a heck of a coach, man. I like, I, you know, obviously. We had a couple battles with them when he was at Ponte Vedra when we were in that same district, and then you knew 
how good of a coach he was when they had that run when they went to you know to state and played American Heritage to the wire. So like he to me he's one of the better coaches in our area, and I, I really like what he does. So I know he's going to scheme something up that the Trinity hadn't seen. You know he will because he just he's going to have something going. You know, but uh, as far as you know, the field's going to be in great shape. You know, so like there's no like. We feel like a couple of years ago, I want to say he ran the sprinklers before the game upon a feature. I'm like, did it rain today? You know, didn't cut the grass, that type of deal, that Notre Dame type yes. stuff. So the fa- the track will be fast over there on San, San Jose with that, that field turf, baby. So Yeah, that's going to be a, just a great game. It always is. And, you know, the it's nice that it's being played at bowl. It feels like there's more of a – more of a college type uh, sitting environment there, you know. The, the home stands will be full. I think the visiting stands will be full. The bright lights on San Jose, people will be lining up outside the the gates, watching that on on uh, on the road. So that's just a, it's a cool environment to see those types of games uh, in high school. Okay, so we've talked about two of the games. I think uh, the big ones Friday night. So what are your other two this week? You know, like like we talked about before, we re- we really haven't talked about them. You said they're close to the out- outer cusp of your top ten. My guys over there at Baldwin, that's where uh, G. Scott and Boogie and those guys are coaching this year at Baldwin. Kind of struggling. They're three and zero, but they're kind of struggling a little bit. They've had uh, the injury bug bite them with a couple of their key players. They're three and zero. They play Episcopal this week, who's three and one. You know, really and truly, Baldwin's kind of struggling in a couple of their wins, but they've pulled them out. So. Want to see where they're at as they continue to go, you know, go on this season. But you know that that one I want to check out. Uh, the other thing, the other game I think is interesting is the uh, Mandarin Atlantic Coast game or Creekside. Creekside, yeah, I agree. You know, it, we talk about you know Creekside, best start in school history or whatever, five and zero, playing really really good. Mandarin's one of those teams that's always good in our in our area. You know, that I went back and looked at it. They've literally they're they're four points from being four and one. You know, they lost opening week by three. To Atlantic Coast, and lost I think by one to Spruce Creek. So you, you know those two those two losses. You know you flip those. You know Mandarin's four and one. You know, but I think this could be a good matchup. You know to see where Mandarin's at, and really to see where Creekside's at. Yeah, know? I agree. I think Creekside again. Their biggest test remains Bartram Trail. Totally, that's your that's totally. your school that you split from. That's a school you've only beaten a couple times in in history. Kind of big brother has really held serve in that uh, that series, so that's a that's probably my game number three on the schedule this week is Manor Creekside Manor coming off a huge win at Baker County with a goal line stand uh, at the finish 21-20 to beat the Wildcats in McClenny last week, so that's a big one. Mm-hmm. And I think you know for Creekside it's really a game. You know they've already beaten Sandalwood. They struggled in that game a little bit. It was a close game. Um, they win really on a on a fake punt at the end of the game to run out the clock. Had they been stopped there, Sandalwood would have got got the ball back in around the 25-30 yard line. So a gutsy call there by Sean McIntyre. But this is a different kind of beast. Managed the state champ a few years ago, and um, Creekside. I, I think this is going to be a, a trouble spot game for them. Uh, yeah. And you know has a potential to lose their first game of the season. But um, Coach Sean McIntyre, that group is senior heavy. They played well. They're not shown a lot of flaws. So um, we'll see if that one. And yeah, my my game. My game four of the week, um, it, this is – it's tough. Um, yeah, I like the Baldwin at Episcopal game. I, Baldwin hasn't lost a regular season game since uh, 2019 season. Um, I like the Baker County at Bishop Kenny game. Yeah. We'll see what Bishop yeah, Kenny's about. Bishop and Kenny have, yeah. They've allowed 13 points all season. But, again, kind of like Parker, they've not played a schedule really with, uh, with, with any teeth in it. So this is their first really significant challenge of the season if they can stay – 
undefeated. So I like that one too. Um, what about Sandalwood Oakley? That, that was the other one I had highlighted as, myself. I had that one highlighted, you know, as a couple games you know, I did for this upcoming weekend. That was definitely one that I had on the highlight list. You know, we talked about Sandalwood kind of struggling. You know, Oakleaf has been good, but they've lost some games too. So, I d- are these two teams in the same district? Yeah, so, yeah, so it's, that, that's that's big. Cause this is a big one. If for... you if if you lose this one, you're kind of like you're chasing, and you, you know you're you're kind of in trouble. So, both teams have a lot on the line for sure in this game, and I think you know is 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 important for both teams to try to find a way to win that. Yeah, one. Sandalwood's already zero and one in district, so this yeah, a the, loss oh, here, yeah, and th- they're pretty much playing for pride the rest of the way. Oakleaf. Uh, big win last week against Clay. They got filleted uh, at Camden oh, a couple yeah. weeks ago, so this is a chance. Maybe that running game is back to uh, full strength after some injuries. Um, Oakleaf has yet to play a district game. They've got some tough ones coming up. Um, Mandarin, Creekside, Bartram Trail f- ahead for them. So yep. this is a game that they have to win. Um, Sandalwood is also in that must-win yeah, situation it's, it's district-wise. A, it's definitely a must-win for both teams, like you said, because you, know, you get behind the eight ball 0-2, you're pretty much done. And then you know, Oakleaf's got it all in front of you. You know, so if you can get that win, you know, you know what you got down coming down the pipe. So you know, you gotta, you can't go, you can't lose one here, basically. Yeah. So my four games this week: Bowles Trinity, obviously, Reigns Parker, Bishop Kenny Baker County, and Sandalwood Oakleaf. And what are your four? TC Bowles, uh, Reigns Parker. I like the Baldwin Episcopal matchup, and you know, Mandarin Creekside. Okay. So we're, we're pretty much we're, on, we're, we're close. We're, we're close on, we're on those. We're on keel on this pretty much. So well, that'll wrap us up football talk this week. couple other reminders. Katie Capel's classic went off last Saturday without a hitch. Reinhardt Harrison, unbelievable showing for him. The Oregon commit broke the race record. 15 minutes, 12 seconds to win the Katie Capels for the Elite Boys. Breaks uh, Jimmy Clark's record of 15, 18, and 2010, so good for him. And a changing of the guard a little bit, I guess you could say that, uh, on the girls' size. The Pontevedra girls win the team standings for the Katie Capels. Broke a uh, streak that had been held since 2014. Bowles had won every event since 2014. Bowles, they finished third this time around. They didn't run their top three runners, so um, a little bit of a uh, little bit of a, a modified Bowles lineup in that one. So, Congrats to the Pontevedra girls for winning the, their first Katie Capels Classic. So pretty cool news. Cross country, always one of the biggest cross country events locally every year that's not in a postseason tournament. Also big news in high school sports this week. The FHSA approved girls wrestling as a sanctioned sports this week starting next year. So girls will have their own individual bracket tournament which has been a long time in the making. That means girls don't have to wrestle against boys in the state tournament anymore. They'll have their own throughout districts, regionals, and the state tournament. So it's been a long time coming for that. Uh, for girls wrestling, I think it'll help open up doors and get more girls in the sport of wrestling. I know that was one um, one of the kind of the selling points of this is to, to get more girls competing in sports and uh Really wasn't fair for girls to have to wrestle against boys yeah. uh, throughout uh, throughout it if they wanted to compete. So that is going away. Girls will have their own standalone tournament, and that has been a long time in the making for a lot of people behind that push. So we will check back the next week. Sponge and I are going to talk a little bit about our our early predictions for players of the year: offense, defense, special teams, all that kind of stuff. We'll recap week six. We'll talk about week seven, and we'll have our top players coming to you next week in another edition of the Party. Thanks for listening.